Mic check, one, two, one, two. It's good. You're good. You're ready to go? Yeah, I feel like it's good. Welcome to Life in Commune, episode three. three. That was in sync. It was. I was a little nervous. Should I go in sync with you or should I not? And I went for it. You went for it. And were you rewarded? I'm not sure yet. We'll, 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 we'll it sounded see. good. It sounded good. We were, we were plugged in. We were on the same page. Uh, before we begin this episode, because we're terrible at doing this, if you enjoy the podcast, please like, subscribe, rate, um, all that stuff, of course, really does a lot for us in terms of getting indexed in, in I was going to say Google search, that's probably true, but also the iTunes, iTunes search library. Helps us become new and noteworthy, all of those things to help the podcast grow, help it become uh, an, an opportunity for us to share the positive vibes around yoga practice, around all things that we're doing on here. So please do those things. And now... And now... It is time for the topics of the episode, yes. which is, you got that 200-hour yoga teacher training certification. What now? What now? This is a big topic because massive. I think there, there's such this um, uh, positive bubble around, I'm going to quit my job and become a yoga teacher. Yeah. Because we, uh, we did that too. We Ye- did it. Years, but years and years, before we did it, we talked about doing it. We did. We didn't do it then. I know. Thank God. It was a better choice to, to wait for a moment. To wait. But we had moments of like, that's it. Tomorrow, I'm, I'm putting in my two weeks. I'm pulling the plug. I'm pulling the plug. I'm done. I can't wait. And, you know, without the real knowledge or foresight to realize that just doing a yoga teacher training as transformative and informative as it can be, isn't necessarily going to make you into a full-time yoga teacher. The next day. The next day and pay your bills and uh, do all the jazz. So you got to have a strategy. Got to have a strategy. Got to have a strategy when it comes to getting hired. Uh, One of the biggest things we look at at first when it comes to this stuff is just remember that the 200-hour yoga teacher training is kind of like your foot in the door. Mm -hmm. It's the first step. It's the first step. It's not the, okay, now I have this and now I am a yoga teacher step. It's the first step of many steps. the initial phase of many steps. And you really want to look at it as that. You always want to continue to learn and continue to grow and continue to be open-minded about your approach into teaching. Well, one of the best things before we jump into the literal five tips we have yeah. about the yoga world and about the practice, the journey, and the industry as a whole is that luckily it's a unique industry in that you get better the older As you get. You older. get. Yeah. Whereas I feel like so many things, there is this hype around young, new talent, or like you have to be young to get your foot in the door. Whereas being a yoga teacher, people give you more respect and you get more credence. The older you are, the longer you do it, the more wisdom you've gained. As opposed to being a fresh 21-year-old, it's a little harder to have or those... 28-year-old or 28-year-old. Or 20, yeah. You know, everyone is really doing teacher trainings at a completely different mm-hmm. age. Um, but knowing that you can, you can keep working through the path little by little and it only gets better and you will only get better. Uh, a nice uh, abbreviated version of that is as a yoga teacher and in your yoga practice, you want to be playing the long game. Absolutely. Play the long game. Play the long game. Play the long game. Like that's not one of our tips, but it's it's a it's I, an overarching theme of the yoga practice and yoga in general as a teacher, as a student, and um, in the career that I can't stress enough and and to look at things in terms of how am I playing the long game? How am I being? patient with my process and allowing things to unfold as naturally as possible Uh, because again you have excitement and enthusiasm fresh out of the 200 hour teacher training you got so much information bubbling around you have so much information bubbling around in your head and you need to let it digest 
do. And you need to start to embody that knowledge, yeah. which takes us to our very first tip. Which is? Which is to keep the ball rolling after yoga teacher training. Very good first point. Uh, one of the best things to do after you get out of that training is to find some place, any place, any place, anything to teach. Literally anything. Literally. Because... Your, your pet even. Yeah. <laughs> you just gotta get the reps in. And as a new teacher, it's so easy to come out of this transformative experience and think, I'll remember everything. I mean, even in college, you think, oh, this is, I'll know all the, I'll remember everything from my major. I'll remember everything from that midterm test. I'll definitely remember everything from Architecture 101 and, and things like that. Did you like, take Architecture 101? I did take Architecture 101. And? I remember nothing. Well, I remember. Grade? Oh, uh, uh, spring quarter freshman year. So I'm going to say. C. Medium. <laughs> Let's say it was a, a solid medium. I didn't fail any classes in college, Woo. but there were some that were definitely mediums. Yeah. And, and most of them happened did, freshman spring quarter. Did, did you flip that to uh, pass-fail? No, I never flipped a class to pass-fail. Only Actually, I took one class pass-fail, and I think that was Creativity 101. Really? Which was an online class where every week you had to submit, this is so embarrassing for the University of Washington that this didn't mean, you had to submit, um, you had to design an invention over the course of the quarter. Oh, that's good. And you had to submit three jokes every week to show your creativity and outline what your invention would be. And the final presentation was a, a two-page essay. That must be why you're so funny. Right? I've been honing my jokes and working on my creativity since Creativity 101. Yeah. Uh, well, that was way off topic. Way off topic. Back to the main point, though. Yes. You need a little blurb here and there. Yeah, it's good. It's it Get to know about your uh, Somebody you know, spring else out there quarter, took spring quarter Creativity 101, and they feel me. They yeah. know what this class was like. Yeah. Um, but you got to keep the ball rolling. And it's easy to jump out of teacher training and think you'll remember everything and not right away start exercising those skills and that knowledge that you have. And I wish I could say it all stays in your brain and in your body doesn't I think one of the biggest things to do is or one of the main reasons that teaching or staying on your practice habit straight away is so important after a teacher training is because you're out of this big transformative experience where your day whole day is essentially structured especially if you're doing an intensive format your whole this whole period of time is like very structured you're doing yoga for this many hours a day, you're learning about yoga for this many hours a day, right? It's, it's a whole process. And then you step out of that and you have all that freedom. And all of a sudden, you're waking up at 7 a.m., starting practice at 8 a.m. Mm -hmm. Now you maybe wake up at 9 a.m., your day starting at 10. Like, all of a sudden, that's three hours or of you're time back you to just work. burned. You're back to you're work. You're back to all the obligations the yeah, real world exactly. sets back you're, in. you're working 8 to 5, mm -hmm. 10 to 6, whatever it is that, um, that you do. And then all of a sudden... You know, where do you fit in your practice? How do you even look for teaching jobs? Or, um, But again, the main, the main thing when it comes to that is really beginning to keep the blocks organized, right? How can you continue to organize or learn to organize the blocks of information that you have in you um, from the training? And so that's why I think like staying on it straight away is really important. So, well, and finding someone, sorry to cut you off, yeah, um, to start teaching. So whether it's your roommate or your friends at a park, your parents, but even though you may not have a public class yet to teach or a class schedule going, it's really important that you keep that practicum attitude still going from teacher training. Because teaching is very much like a muscle 
that if you don't use it, it's like use it or lose it, right? You got to keep strengthening, stressing, flexing, engaging that muscle so it can get stronger. And that means in any capacity, right? The same idea of like novel movements, novel teaching. How can you keep teaching whatever that looks like, even if you don't have a public class yet? Because that's where you start to really embody the knowledge and it just becomes second nature as opposed to trying to recall or just regurgitate what you think you heard way back when. Yes. Especially when it comes to cueing and sequencing and things mm-hmm. like that. Like you want to find your own language and begin to um, use that and make it uh, something that's digestible and easy for you to understand. I think it's so um, normal in a teaching career to come out trying to sound like your teacher. But you have to remember that the person that led your teacher training has been most likely doing this and or hopefully doing, hopefully this, doing for, this for, for a long, long time. time. So therefore, it's... It could be if you're trying to copy their language, all of a sudden that's a bit over your ability or your technical skill in terms of speaking in front of a room. Well, and we forget why we're saying things at that point. We say them because we heard them before us instead of saying them because they truly make sense or because they're relevant to the people in front of us. Yeah. And even though I know it doesn't sound as glamorous to teach your mom on a Saturday morning, yeah. you will learn a lot from teaching your mom on a Saturday morning. I've learned a tremendous amount. You from will teaching learn my mom. a ton. Tremendous. From teaching your friends. I remember teaching at bridal showers, friends that were getting married as a wedding gift to them. I would teach yoga the morning of the wedding. One, saves you money if you're trying to quit that job and become a full time yoga teacher because you have to buy a wedding gift. Um, and two, you learn tons from teaching beginners, from people who don't practice. In your teacher training, Sometimes we get a little uh, overconfident because we're trying to instruct, say, Warrior Two, but to a room full of people that definitely know what Warrior Two is, whereas you don't get those immediate feedback cues and what you might need to say in real time to speak to the bodies in front of you when you're teaching people that already know what's going on. So there's a lot to be said for teaching those kind of one-off populations, maybe on a lunch break if you work in an office, something that you can offer to your coworkers, people on your team, anywhere that you can kind of flex that teaching muscle is something you should be doing right off the bat when you finish your teacher training. Couldn't agree more. What is tip number two? Tip number two is that you need to immerse yourself in the community that you want to be a part of. On a macro and micro level. So the Mm -hmm. community in terms of the studio that you like the most, the one that's most convenient for you to practice at, or the one you feel is the best opportunity for you to get a job. Yes. Right? And in the bigger level, the community in terms of the city, town, area that you live Mm -hmm. in. It's really important, especially if you didn't do your teacher training with a specific studio or with the teacher or community that you think you're going to fit into. You know, if you travel to do your teacher training or things like that, it's important that when you go back home or you do settle into where you are going to hopefully be teaching, that you jump into that community, honestly, with both feet. Because when you train with a studio, you kind of already might have that in. You know the style they like. You know what's going on. You know the teachers and the owners. But if you're not already immersed, yeah, there may be a clear funnel. Yeah, there's already a funnel set up basically, and there's it's kind of a clear logical path. But if you're coming back to a different community or trying to find a new one, it is so so important to make yourself present, to show up to classes, to practice daily, to get to know the teachers, to get to know the owner, and to make sure that it's a good fit. Because just because you think you want to teach there, do you actually agree with the methods being taught? Is it how you want to teach? Is it how you actually teach? 
do you you, agree with what's going on there? Do you like the way the owners and the teachers communicate with one another? Mm -hmm. Like you can start to see those things on a day-to-day basis. And again, you guys, we've been on both sides of this equation. Like one of the reasons that we wanted to do this podcast is because we've been there as teachers and we are there currently as as owners. owners, right? And there's so many different approaches that we see people take in when they try and get hired at commune Mm -hmm. and some of them are very very funny Um, (laughs) but one of the biggest things in terms of importance to us when it comes to anybody that wants to work for us at commune is have we seen them before at at the studio before they sent you an email do i recognize the name on the email on the resume yeah have you been in class have i seen you around doesn't have to be my class but have you been in class have you been at the studio have you been practicing do you are you familiar with what it's about there and and i don't just mean where it is what kind of yoga it is but i mean literally what's being taught what's the vibe what's it feel like what's the community like what's the experience level of the teachers mm-hmm. at this at the studio you're trying to teach at and and again and don't i mean this in a realistic sense not in a negative sense so please remember that but if the studio like for example commune in seattle is chock full of every teacher being very experienced mm-hmm. being very knowledgeable being plugged into the community have already kind of had the groundwork steps and things that we're talking about they've already checked those boxes in terms of uh the things that we're talking about here in this podcast they're they're years deep into the game if you're brand new it's just going to be very hard to get into a space like ours currently without being a deep part of the community first yes exactly like it's when there is a slew of experienced teachers already on the schedule if you're looking at that and thinking can I just send a resume? Will they hire me? The odds are probably low unless there's a sense of familiarity. Yeah, again, just that sense of like, oh, I know uh, Jane or Jane or Jimmy, they've been in class like a number mm-hmm. of times. Uh, they bought the intro special. Maybe they have a class pack. They're um, taking a number of different teachers at the studio. I kind of have a, a, um, some semblance of knowledge around their. Uh, their practice mm-hmm. around their experience and their dedication yeah and, and just like kind of like the vibe of the individual mm-hmm. because again that's a big thing for us uh, in terms of hiring somebody is vibe and it's yeah it's a feeling it's a, the sense of the person that we really want to be there it's not just like yoga skills and yoga teaching and skills. how many trainings have and you how done. many trainings have you done but like it's that. communication styles mm-hmm. too because I can tell from how you communicate with me or how you communicate with other students when you're practicing as a community member it gives me a sense of how you're going to communicate with people as a teacher. Yes. Right. And that matters because especially for us, it matters a lot that you are a clear communicator, but also that you're able to be a part of the community as a teacher, that you still want to practice there as a teacher, that you can interact with students in a natural way. All of that really matters as opposed to I've just done X, Y, and Z training and I'm fresh and ready to teach. Yeah. And I'm teaching one class at the community center. And I'm ready. Um, and for you as a teacher too, it really matters that you want to be there instead of just, this is the nicest studio in town, or I think it's a big deal if I could teach here or something like that. You want to make sure that it's a good fit for you too, Yeah. that you want to be there. Because again, maybe applying to a new studio, which is a decent strategy Mm -hmm. because there's job openings and opportunities. So you can logically kind of map that in your brain. Like, Oh, like there's a lot of opportunity there because they need to fill a schedule. Mm -hmm. You also need to look at like, Oh, like how if you get the opportunity to interview with that space which is a great idea especially if it's one that hasn't opened try and get a gist of 
who they're looking for because maybe they are trying to start with a whole bunch of new people and shape them one way or another and that could be an opportunity for you to start teaching which again is super important yeah just making sure it's a good fit all around from the studios to you and from you to the studios because it's just as important that you want to be there as they want you to be there yeah, you really want to look at the relationship between you and the studio as a two-way street. Mm-hmm. Meaning, how can you help them and how can they help you? Yes, rather than just the transaction of, I teach a class, I get a paycheck. Yeah. Uh, I mean, our goal is always to kind of create a family, hence the name Commune. Yeah. Um, but I want everyone to want to be there. And hopefully, we, we work really hard to try to create that culture within the business. But it matters a lot to us that people want to be there and we hope that that exudes from our teachers too that the students feel that the teachers want to be there exactly um, and that has to be authentic so if you're not vibing with the studio with their approach if there's something that doesn't feel right or it's so different than what you're trained in that it wouldn't be natural for you then let that go and yeah. find a place that is natural because you'll actually enjoy teaching there you're not going to enjoy teaching somewhere where it feels forced or where you come in once a week and, it, and it's a tough go every time. Yeah, or you're in over your head in terms yeah. of like what's expected as a teacher mm-hmm. or it's kind of, I don't want to say below, but it's just not what you're interested in teaching, mm-hmm. right? Or yeah. environment you're interested in teaching in, right? Like, for example, if you're trained in, in a more classical style, teaching in one of the dark, hot room music hip-hop really loud hip hop type yoga studios but you just did a shivananda training yeah. in india it's probably not going to be a great fit exactly and so just again just being really aware and really trying to look at things in terms of in terms of how you can best put yourself out there and be successful mm-hmm. tip 3 tip 3 tip number 3 is very specific but along the lines of where you should apply first where you should look for jobs and a great place to look for your first job or for early jobs is hot yoga studios. Why? Why hot yoga studios, Hot, hot yoga studios. Uh, this, <laughs> I, like I said that so awkwardly. I, said, I was like, yeah, so Carly. Hey, say, Jack. Uh, yeah. <laughs> hot yoga studios tend to have higher turnover rates <clears throat> because, frankly, teaching in a hot yoga studio is hard work. Mm-hmm. It's hard on your body. Uh, it, it can be really demanding. And typically, those studios tend to have Quicker, quicker turnover rates and with, a higher sub rate. Yeah, with teachers and students because mm-hmm. hot yoga studios tend to get a lot of thirty-day challengers. People who come, they they're new to yoga. They're going to do this hot yoga thing and immerse themselves, as opposed to maybe as me, as many long-term clientels and long-term teachers. Yeah. As a long-term teacher, if you're teaching fifteen or twenty classes in a hot studios, you are drained. You gotta drink a lot of water. Again, we, drink, we both did this. We, you guys. we did this. We've I'm, done I'm, this. I'm, I'm, I'm saying we're saying this from a place of oh yeah lived experience. Well, I mean, especially in Seattle here, <laughs> Seattle has a, a love affair with hot yoga, like mm-hmm. which makes sense with the weather and things like that. But it, it's difficult to find more than a handful of not hot studios here. And so when we first started our teaching, we were sweating our lives away. Every day. Or or instead of sweating our lives away, we were living the sweat life. Oh, yes. <laughs> Touche. Touche, right? Touché. Come on. Be a bit more positive. And then after classes, after a full day, because we used to... I mean, we were doing so much laundry. Oh, my God. Laundry so much laundry. Life. We were we had, working... We had, a, we had a bucket in the back of, oh, of the car. our car, 
that was for dirty, dirty clothes. clothes. And so many and changes. And it would get changed every single day because it was like, oh, you know, like if you were teaching two or three classes, you'd have to like throw your dirty clothes in there and you couldn't go back to the house. Mm-mm. So we had this bucket that would be like sealed. And you'd have to change it every day. And if you mit- forgot to bring it up and... The next morning you get in the car. Rough. It's bad news. Rough. rough. It's bad news. Some of you guys have been there. Yeah. But hot yoga studios tend to have more sub openings too. Mm-hmm. So it can be easier to get on the sub list. And this is not to minimize the offerings there, but it's just to say that literally the turnover tends to be higher. So if this that's... Is, yeah, this is saying nothing about no. any studios in particular. Honestly, this is, this is just literally that people at hot yoga mm-hmm. studios tend to need more subs and there tends to be a higher teacher turnover rate. Mm-hmm. Like that's, that's just a Which just means experience. more opportunities. Which it just means, means opportunities. Places yeah. where studios, because at the end of the day, the last thing a studio wants to do is cancel a class. Mm-hmm. It's the last thing they want to do. So if you can ha- find a place that has an ample sub list that needs subs a lot, your chances of getting on the schedule and again, flexing that teaching muscle and getting those reps in is much higher. And again, the, the quickest way on to a decent class time is through the sub list. Yes, absolutely. Right? It's not going to be through your first class placement, right? Yeah, I'm your you're getting class your placement, banger 5.30 p.m. on a, on a Monday yeah, night. Like your first class placement at most studios is going to be 6 a.m. Or like 9 p.m. Or 9 p.m. Mm-hmm. Like the earliest morning or the latest evening. Like those are the two that you'll most likely yes. get placed in first, right? Absolutely. But there's always opportunity, especially if you are reliable and consistent in teaching your... 6 a.m., 9 a.m., whatever it is you got onto, that you'll get the chance to teach at a 5.30, teach at 6.30 uh, p.m. You know, whatever whatever the noon, whatever, whatever the, the, popular, the hot class time is where you are. Whatever hot class time Everywhere's is. different. We always yeah. joke that, like, in Australia, the hot class time is 6 and 7 a.m. Because the servers are up early. It's just, it's just part of the culture. It's just, like, the only place where that's the most popping class time. Yeah. But you never know. But through the sub list is a great way to get into that. And class, studios that tend to need more subs... Hot yoga studios. So, I mean, I think that if if that's something, again, that meshes with you, you like practicing hot yoga, you're comfortable teaching in that environment, it's a great place to start to slide in. Tip number four. Tip number four is to hone your skills. Which almost doesn't even feel like it should need to be a tip. This is a really good one. And and here, you guys, listen to this bit, honestly. Like, like pick, pick this part up really quick. Find or build whatever it is for you. Maybe your teacher training gave you a set sequence so you could just page through the manual and find it. Maybe you write one down on your own. Maybe there's a teacher that you really like. You mimic a class they have online. Whatever it is, have one to two classes and teach those. And teach them well. And learn to teach them well. Mm -hmm. Learn to teach them well. Your first class is going to be not your best class. <laughs> but maybe your second class will yeah, probably be ma- better. Maybe it's going to be okay. Most likely it is going to be like serviceable at best. That's what I was and we've say. all been there, right? I don't want to say your first class is going to be horrible. Maybe you'll have a good experience. I had fun teaching my first class. Probably wasn't the best yoga class I ever No, but taught. teaching my first class, I mean, I was terrified and I, you I were, practiced. You were so terrified. I rehearsed my class all day. I wrote it down. I rewrote it. I said it to myself while I sat at my cubicle all day at work. I yeah. practiced it while narrating it. And then I sat in my bed because this, this class was at like 9 p.m. Because it's the only <laughs> class time I could get. Sat in my bed with my eyes closed and walked through the whole class. With the, I mean, I probably went through it 10 times in a day. But through all that sheer terror yeah. and times I wanted to bail... Once I got through the first five minutes of that class, I was like, oh, oh, I actually like teaching. Yeah. Oh, okay. This isn't terrible. I could do this. Yeah. So it was really important to get through that first class and feel that and know that, okay, 
a little anxiety before class doesn't mean I'm not going to enjoy the job and doesn't mean I'm not good at it. It's just kind of the arc that I'm in, especially when you're a new teacher. But the more you have those go-to classes at first, you can start to narrow that anxiety arc because you know what you're teaching and you're just going to get better at it. And you're starting to actually teach the concept instead yes. of just guide the concept or present the concept. Or memorize it. Or memorize the concept. Which is all I was trying to do Again, first. like one, one of the things that we see so often, especially with new teachers, is this over-focus on creativity to differentiate yourself. Mm-hmm. Don't worry about that. Just worry about teaching a good class. Like have maybe you have a few different or creative bits in what mm-hmm. you're doing, but stay focused in learning how to teach instead of pretending to learn how to sequence. Like sequence, sequencing will come in time. Don't rush that process. Find a sequence that you can trust that's easy for you to level up or level down based on who's in the room and then teach it, teach it, teach it so you actually get to the point of being capable of teaching it not just saying phrases, not just spouting off anatomical terms and alignment cues, but you're actually really pointed and speaking to the people in front of you and giving them the best possible class experience. Well, and one of the best things that you just said is this idea of being capable of leveling up and leveling down. So if you have one to two or two to three classes that you feel really comfortable with, that transitions and spirals into way more classes once you start to figure out how to look around the room, see who's there and take the same concept you wanted to teach, but teach it to beginners and teach it to a little more advanced and and just start to level up, level down and edit how you need to so that you are literally teaching the people in front of you instead of just reciting a class that you've memorized. Yeah, or saying random phrases that are over the top of people's heads. Yes, that no one in the room can digest or resonate with. Mm -hmm. It's so important to be able to teach to the people in front of you. And it's really hard to do that when you're so concerned about remembering your super creative sequence. Yes. If you're like, what comes after Flip Dog and, and... where did I put in that chin stand? Which don't do that if you're new. Yeah, well, I threw that chin stand out. Is what I did with it. Yeah, <laughs> I didn't teach it yeah. ever again. <laughs> just let that one go. <laughs> just, I, I I edited that out permanently. <laughs> um, like, it's, if you're so concerned about just remembering your ultra creative sequence or teaching something brand new every time you lose the opportunity to really see who's in front of you and to get better at teaching instead of just guiding, memorizing, or choreographing. Yeah, choreography. choreography. It's the one. Yeah. Yes. Um, That's a big one. I couldn't agree more. Tip five. Tip five. Tip five is to be prepared and be professional because it's still a job. Oh my gosh, yes. Reliability and accountability is massive. Timeliness. Timeliness. Punctuality. Responsibility. All of these things, especially in a job where you are largely going to be an independent contractor, depending on the laws of your state and the studio you teach at, things like that. Studios are depending on you to come fill and show up for the job you signed up for. And even if you're not an independent contractor, Mm -hmm. even if you're an employee of the studio, you're most likely not teaching there that much. Yes. Meaning like two to five times a week, Mm -hmm. probably tops. Um, It's very rare that one teacher teaches more than even... I would say eight times a mm-hmm. week at one studio. Yeah. Like it's, it's pretty uncommon. Mm-hmm. Um, and so making sure that you are there, like showing up for your class times, being present, coming in, being prepared to teach your mm-hmm. class, like being clean. When smelling you, when, good, smelling being good. on time. Yeah, you know what I mean? Like uh, 
being prepared for the experience. I think it's it's so easy to get caught up in like, oh, this is like a yoga thing. But remember, like the business is most likely a professional thing. Like those people are actively trying to run a business. Mm -hmm. And therefore, since you are part of that business, they're going to hold you to the standards of any other employee or contractor or person that works under them or that they're hiring for services. Yes. And that goes the same for when you're applying for your first jobs with them. I mean, first and foremost, like we talked about in the early tips, immersing yourself in the community, making yourself known, but doing that before you just send a random one-off resume, right? And making sure that just like any job, it's not about like having a perfect cover letter or things like that, but it is about being knowledgeable about the business you're applying to. Make sure you know the owner's names. You've got a familiarity so when you email them, you can say something personal. Yes. Right? There's nothing worse than getting a blanket email that just feels like, do it. Do a touch of uh, internet research. Yeah, because you know what, you can find out anything these days in yeah. about five minutes. Yeah, you don't need to be a creepy stalker or anything like that. <laughs> but, no, but but just find out some general information about the studio, how long it's been around mm-hmm. for, what the direction of it is, what's the owner's experiences. Mm-hmm. You know, so that you have some things to rely on when you get that interview. So you have some things to say. Mm-hmm. You know, if the interview is scheduled for 30 minutes and you're at minute nine and, and the conversation is feeling a little cold, feeling a little frigid, feeling like a Tinder date that's going downhill, Stop. I have no idea what that is like because we missed, we, the, we missed, the, missed the window, been together. But, but. I, I can imagine that a Tinder date by like, minute nine, if it's tough, it's, it's tough, not a good like, Yeah. You know what I mean? You're like, oh yeah, my friend is going to call me in 15 yeah. minutes and just, oh, oh no. Well, in an interview... It's the same with a, job, a regular, I don't want to say, I don't want to diminish it by saying a regular job interview, but it's often, a job interview. It's a job interview. And so you should have questions prepared when the interviewee says, Do you have any questions for me? Unless you've been talking for 45 minutes and you've clearly covered all the bases, you should have some canned questions ready, even if you know the answers to them. Yeah. Even if you already know, have some questions that give the interviewee or the interviewer a chance to explain more about the business or to show that you're curious and that you want to be a part of it. Just, nope, I'm good, okay, great, end of interview is is tough on both ends. You're not gonna leave feeling great and the interviewer is going to possibly leave not remembering much about you because you didn't give them anything. Yeah. So making sure that you are still well-researched, prompt, you have your resume, and as a business owner too, and a teacher trainer, the resume, I know it feels kind of silly in the yoga world to have a resume, but it does matter for me to see who you've trained with and that you've continued your education, that you've been curious enough to show up to things and to be a part of it. Um, And I mean, yeah, it's interesting to me what you majored in in college and things like that, but your other work experience is not as relevant (laughs) to me. Yeah, again, I just think having having your boxes checked Mm -hmm. so when you show up to the interview, I'm like, oh, you're going to make it to your class time. Yes. You're I can going tell to be you're consistent. I can tell you're a responsible you're person. You're professional. Um, having an enthusiasm about the job, meaning that even if you're newer, you really care about teaching. I think this kind of ties into the first point. Um, essentially, that if you're new, you know, and you don't have that class time yet, you telling me that you teach once a week at that community center, it's not exciting me about you as a teacher. I want to hear or feel or sense more hustle mm-hmm. in you, right? Because this is a job of, of kind of, there's a bit of a hustle to it. And we'll talk about that in another later podcast. But having that, oh, you know, yeah, I'm teaching once a week at the community center, but I also teach my friends two to three times a week at the house. And I've been making sure to record myself when I teach or when I practice at home, I record my practices so I can hear how it translates. I take them back. 
giving me something that shows that you initiative. are initiative that there's and dedication and, and yeah and that you're enthusiastic because you have to want to teach because like you said it's it can be a grind yeah. so I need to a see hustle. a hustle yeah, yeah. It's, it's grind is negative a hustle is like oh really? you're out there doing things I guess that works yeah yeah but it is a hustle so I need to see that you're stoked on the hustle yeah and that you're not already ground down by the time you're applying for your see, first job that's what I mean see grind, yeah. the, the grind is, mm-hmm. is like oh that's, that's negative but, but again it's like the hustle is like it's a, it's a constant moving energy mm-hmm. and uh, and just that you're out there and you're willing and you're excited mm-hmm. because I, I, again I feel that there's it's a very fun life to be a part of and experiences to have and you meet amazing people and so you want to put yourself in the best possible positions to to do that mm-hmm. and again um, just really taking the time to focus on making sure your boxes are checked before you apply for these jobs. Apply for jobs that are the best opportunities for you as an individual, mm-hmm. meaning that, again, if you're less experienced, applying to studios that also have less experienced teachers. There are plenty of them out there. Absolutely. And there's plenty of places to learn to hone your skills. Mm-hmm. Like, don't set your sights on the biggest stage straight away just because one studio has the biggest room mm-hmm. or the nicest amenities or any of those other, you know, thrills and, I guess, personal flair bells and, of bells and whistles of the space, right? You want to, your, to give yourself the chance to actually get in the door and get be in a space where you're comfortable. Where you can grow. And where you can grow, right? Because if you, if you step into a place where uh, the room is kind of already over your head, it's it's hard to recover from some of those things. Mm-hmm. So making sure that you're giving yourself the opportunity to thrive. Absolutely agree. Do you want to run through the tips yes. one last time to close this off, Carly? All right, tip number one is to keep the ball rolling after your teacher training. Don't let that stuff start to fall off. Keep so, it going. So essentially, teach anybody in any situation, your pet, yourself, your mom, your mm-hmm. friends, uh, your work colleagues, mm-hmm. you know, just get, get out there, get some words going. Mm-hmm. Tip number two. Immerse yourself in the community and see that you're a good fit. Yeah. Do some research. Feel Do it out. Do some research. Two-week specials at a number of different studios. Make sure you go practice a few times there. Don't just grab the two-week and show up one, one time, time. And then apply. And then apply, yeah. Take get some it, different get some, teachers. Get some reps in. Take some other teachers. See if that's a space for you. Mm-hmm. Tip number three is check out hot yoga studios for teaching openings. Yes. If you're willing to teach in a hot room, really important. Again, just because that's, that's a whole market of people and a great place to cut your teeth. Plus, there's a lot of opportunities on the sub list mm-hmm. and there's higher teacher turnover rate. Yep. Tip number four. Hone your skills. Find those one to two classes. Really lock those down in your mind so you can teach them, you can up-level them, you can down-level them. Have one or two that you're relying on. Sit with those. Don't worry about creativity straight away. Let that come in time. Mm -hmm. And tip number five is to be professional and be prepared. Yes. Have the boxes checked. If you need a resume for the job, perfect. If you have a video recording of your teaching, perfect. Like All these kinds of things go quite a long way Mm -hmm. in terms of me or any studio owner believing that you're reliable, that you're enthusiastic, and that you want to be a part of what we are doing. You really want that to be a two-way street. You working for the studio and the studio working for you. The more that's a nice relationship, the easier it is to continue to grow together. Absolutely. Anything else you want to add? No, I think these are, I think these are, I mean, these are the things that I wish I knew when I was first teaching. I wish that I had some more guidance, although we kind of stumbled into the hot yoga studio advice without even realizing it when we we first started teaching. Kind of out of default, because 
that's what there is. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I just think that you can keep it simple and, and pick the things that are going to help you grow and hone your skills. And I think these five tips will help you do that. Yeah. Thanks for listening this week, you guys. Have an amazing oh, rest of your week. Yes. A quick little shameless self-promotion because yeah. it's our podcast. That is true. <laughs> if you want to find us in person and practice with us, we are taking the summer mostly off because it's going to be time for the baby. Um, so it will be a little busy. But we do have an intensive coming up in Seattle at Commune Yoga, August 15th through 18th. It's an inversion intensive, 25 hours of continuing education, or it can roll into your 300-hour advanced training with us at Awakening Yoga Academy. So that's Commune Yoga in Seattle in August. You can find us... Best time of year to be in Seattle. It really is. It's going to be a lot of of handstands and leg dips and sunny days and long... Mm -hmm. So you get time. It's four days, time. long practicums in the morning, theory, exercise, um, and lecture in the afternoons. And we have a really great group already. So that is happening in August. You can find us in London at Indaba Yoga in October. Yeah, Indaba. We're also going to be in Amsterdam. And we're also going to Scottish be Yoga Conference. Scottish Yoga Conference yep. and in Dublin. Yes, which that is That all... is in like the most backwards order. It's Scottish Yoga Conference first, <laughs> then it's Dublin, then it's Amsterdam, then it's London. Yes, that's that end, of end of September through October. October. And then lastly, we have very few spots, like two spots left in our 300-hour yes. training. If three... you, have to, you have to look at the old... Uh... Inventory. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yes, something like two spots left in our 300-hour advanced teacher training immersion, which is in Bali in Canggu. And that is November 1st through December 1st. So it's a whole month in Bali, which is hard to argue with. Um, and that is an intensive for your 300-hour advanced training with Awakening Yoga Academy. Yeah. And that's pretty much it for the rest of the year. Yeah, that is. It's a wrap. That's it. Just like it's the wrap for this podcast. Uh, we hope to, we hope to I, I was going to say see you guys, but I don't know if that's the right thing to say. Next podcast comes out on Monday. Mm-hmm. So chat with you then. then. Later. <laughs>